Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome, guys. My loved ones, my my loved ones, man. My listeners all across the world that's been in the trenches with me since 2018. Um, I want to just thank you right now. And I want to dedicate this episode, this special episode, to you. So welcome, 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 welcome to a special episode of Dope Made With Love. I am Tyrone. Yeah, you heard it. My name, I am Tyrone. And on this episode, I'm going to open up to you some a very special topic in my life that has led me to this point on my journey. You know what I'm saying? What led me to even tap in to myself, to you, to my family, to my friends, I dedicate this to you, to you, I dedicate this. I've been on here since 2018, y'all, and I don't do much call to action, if any, which I know I've studied the formula of how to get this off the ground, business-wise, data-wise, you know what I'm saying, like what it takes, I've studied that. So I'm not just out here on a whim, just talking, just to talk, just to say I have a podcast, because nah. I fought so hard against what I really know, what I what I am on this, to this podcast, to my platform, to you guys, like in real life. And I need to just transfer that to this platform, you know, more of it, should I say. Because I have the ability to do so. You know what I'm saying? And I need to stop acting like it's so much of a difference. And I need this formula and this blueprint. Because I've st- I study the game. I study the game. Especially like the audio podcast. Because, you know, that was before it really got popping. And our demographic, you know, through everything. But that's not what this episode is about. Tonight is about me and you. Me and you. I'm going to give you some ins and outs, and I'm just going to start talking. And I'm going to tell you who I am, where I come from, what has built me to be the woman that I am today. It is December 4th, 2023. So let's begin. Uh, my name is Tyrone. I was born in Washington, D.C. My mom, my mother, her name is Ivy. And I'm 
I'm not involved in too much shit or any shit, so to withhold names, but I have to say some names to for descriptive purposes. At least in the beginning. So look, before I start, because we're not going to get phony over here. Get your plane tickets together. You know, this is going to be a short flight. You know what I'm saying? Just a quick refresher. You know what I'm saying? So get your get your ticket together. I don't know what you're flying tonight. If you want spirit, what you, you know, got a dove from your boy around the corner, hit him at the gas station, or somebody just said, you know, I got the gas. You know how they do. Or you really just got your, you know, your zone on the on, on, on stop. But whatever you flying, I'm just I'm just glad you always choose to fly with me. You know. So my mom's name is Ivy and she named me after Cabbage Patch Doll. So if you like was born in the in the eighties, nineties, then you know, you know, Cabbage Patch Doll used to be a thing. And the older woman well they're older now, but Back in their day, my mom's day, it was, you know, cool to have a Cabbage Patch doll. But she was a doll collector. My mom was a, a serious doll collector. Like, she has porcelain dolls, handmade, stitched rag dolls. You know what I'm saying? Like, the any, any type of nostalgic doll that you can think of nowadays that was from back then that was worth something and very priceless. She had it. It used to creep me the fuck out. You know, she keep them up in the attic and they would be like on display. Like some of them had beds. Some of them had <laughs> their own little setup going on. Some were married. Like they, she, it was, you know, don't, 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 don't judge my mom. My mom was really just a dog collector. <laughs> Cause I judged her ass. Like what the fuck this lady got all this fucking, what? This shit is scaring me. I had just seen Tales from the Hood. My big cousin tricked me into watching that shit, so I was freaked the fuck out. Like, it's dolls living in our, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I love her. So, she named me Tyrone. She's married to my dad. My dad' name is Fred. Big Fred. He was the big Fred before it was like a big Fred. Like, I don't know how many Freds you know, but most of the Freds I know, the black man Freds. They ain't, they, they ain't about no bullshit, you know what I'm saying? So, and you're lucky to have one in your life. If you got a friend in your life, you're lucky to have a friend in your life. So, my dad, you know, he from Colonial Beach, Virginia. He from Colonial Beach, Virginia. And he grew up, like, where there was, like, no run of water and shit like that. No toilet, no, you know, no stoves, just country shit you hit you hit your food up on a pot belly stove if you had one or to keep warm you had to get kerosene for the lamp for the heat you know what i'm saying like yeah no what no internet like none of none of that just one mcdonald's if it was a, before it was a mc there was no mcdonald's but just you had to walk miles like you from virginia so if you know the rural landscape of certain parts of Virginia, then, you know, he was in the swamp. He was in the swamp swamp. They call it the swamp. Great parents. My mom, she's from Washington, D.C. She's from Clay Terrace. 
So my mother from Claytors. Um, y'all don't know. Not I'm not gonna act like everybody here from the district, but you know I'm from the district. Not no DMV. I was born in the district. But Claytors, Northeast honey. You know she used to be at the Go Go's doing a little thing. You know how I do. Back when like Chuck Brown was in his prime. So she saw Chuck Brown in his motherfucking prime prime. That's how. That's how long my mama been on this earth so far. So, I came along. I went to Catholic schools. Like, I, I grew up, the way I grew up, it was like, oh, I hate to say it because it's just like that with, you know, we was poor, but you ain't no use for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's that's It always comes back to that. Like, we was, I, I, I just, I, one day I figured out we was poor, but before then I didn't know we was like not poor, but you know, poor fuck. Y'all know the, y'all know the struggle. And if you don't know, you just enough TikToking and you've been down three years in a, in a row. So you've been researching and shit, but yeah, you know what the fuck we done been through. So. Went to Catholic school. My grandmother, she was like, my grandmother, she was like the best motherfucking person to everybody in the world. I mean, she so, she had like 12 kids out here. Like she, when I say she was a seamstress, she so, she was a, like top, one of the top seamstresses in Washington, D.C., Betty Washington. I mean, she made clothes for the Pope. She made his robes and garments when he come to the city. The top priests and, you know, deacons and, you know, people of the Catholic Church. Prestigious people. She, yeah. The choir, weddings, upholstery. And she had a foundation of, you know, kids. And they learned it. They picked it up just as well. So my family does so. But this is like, I don't want to go too much down memory lane in that sense, but I just want to give y'all a taste of my background with my family, my father, my mom. You know, I had plenty of cousins. I was an only child. I grew up an only child. You know what I'm saying? Um, my father has two sons, John and Fred. They're my dog. Shout out to you. If you ever listen to this podcast, you know what I'm saying? It's been, I, I've had it since 2018, so I know something on there that if you go back, you might, you know, but, you know, I love y'all, I love y'all whole life. The Smiths, the Smiths with the F, um, inside joke. Anyway, he had two sons, John and Fred, but I grew up an only child. And growing up an only child is, with, and I, I wanted to say something, but I don't want to spoil it. Because if you stay, if you're gonna stay this long, I'm trust me, I'm not rambling. I'm really about to open up, you guys. I've done a few episodes on this topic, but I can never make it through, or I can never get the courage to drop it. So let me fucking flow. Let me get it out. Cause even me about to say that almost struck a lord. <laughs> but anyway, I gotta go. I gotta do this. If it's it's time today. And it's going to be time to let it go out in the ethers. So 
So just walk with me. Growing up, an only child was crazy because it was just me. And I'm not, I'm, when I talk about only child, I'm talking about, listen, I'm, I'm talking about not growing up with a lot of kids around other than school. Up until the age about 12, 13. And still being like highly sheltered. But anyway, I didn't get into much about the man, but hold on. Clip note this. I didn't have, my mom didn't have like little godchildren or nieces and nephews that would come over my house and just play or she would. I, I never remember being around babies. You know what I'm saying? Or, or up until I was like in my 20s. I didn't, oh, even so, I wasn't, I I knew girls who got pregnant, but I never had been around, like, really be around a pregnant woman. But anyway, growing up an only child was just, just, it was just me. And it was a lot of imagination. My fondest imagination that I can remember, that I had. Christmas, I probably was like three or four or five, something like that. I just know I was a kid and I, you know, I wasn't, I was still under, under at least seven. And my parents had bought me a Barbie Corvette for Christmas or a birthday or something, but that Corvette, they put that motherfucking Corvette in the middle of my room. So we, throughout the me growing up, let me fast forward just a bit. We commuted from D.C. to Colonial Beach. So my parents would work in D.C., but, you know, live in Colonial Beach, so they would come across the bridge every day. So I lived like that life. So it's like I had... Not two houses, but two spaces. Because we lived at my grandmother's house. But down here, we had our own house. So I had my own room. It was a couple rooms. It was, it was a little... It was an upgrade from being in the city, living at my grandmother's house. Like, we had made it, but if you come down south, your your money going to always stretch in a different way. And plus, my dad and my uncle built that house. And I don't know too much about that, so let me get the fuck on. You know what I'm saying? So, look. They put the Corvette in the middle of the room. So I would just be in my room with my bed right there, toys everywhere. I can still remember. I know how that shit smell, everything. And I would be, I would sit in my Corvette all day. <laughs> it kind of seems as if they never even let me dry that bitch outside. Because most of my fondest memories of that Corvette is me sitting in that motherfucker in my room by myself. Because it was just me all the time. Majority of the time, it was just me. So, I, I really want a Corvette. I love Corvettes. Almost went on a little tangent real quick. I mean, not a tangent, but I almost went into another dimension. And it was like, I was there. It almost bugged me out a minute. Because I was just, I felt that just now. But, 
we would commute back and forth. So life was a little different. So I would be by myself. My imagination would go just run wild. You know, I would think of, you know, we all play store doctor and, you know, Uno. and But I always played that shit by myself. That's now that I'm like really tapping into this, I'm starting to, you know, I'm thinking of some things like, damn, I really just it was really me by myself talking to myself in in, in the sense of just conversation in your head, not no crazy shit. Y'all should we not going there. But yeah, it was just me. So growing up an only child, I went to Catholic school all my life. I went to this one Catholic school, St. Augustine's Catholic school from pre-K eighth grade and if they had a pre-kindergarten if they ever had that i would have probably been there on that day if they had classes for newborns i would been in that same school from then until it was time to fucking graduate that motherfucker had a college which is ironic as i go along into the story but yeah I would have been there under those circumstances. My grandmother was the principal of the, not the principal, but yeah, the principal of the Sunday school of the church because it was a church and school right right next to each other. You can just skip across the parking lot. You at the church, big ass church, 14th Street, Northwest, Washington, D.C., St. Augustine. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to my all my saints and all my saints that have gone before us and disintegrated into energy you know what i'm saying so listen that school right there was my home i know they always say like you you make your fondest memories in college and you know high school is but my my school because i was there for so long that was my home I went to Sunday school there. I knew all the teachers. My grandmother, she was a Sunday school principal there, and she was a librarian of the school itself. So my grandmother played a heavy part in my life. You know what I'm saying? I miss her so much. That was my best friend growing up. You know what I'm saying? If I wasn't with my parents or I wasn't with one of my big cousins, no, just one of them, (laughs) She know who she is. Shout out to you. I was with my grandmother. And when my grandmother was around, so my grandmother wasn't the grandmother that was playing cards out her house, drinking, and you know what I'm saying? Kiki got her homegirls. It was something like back in the day. She wasn't that like type of hip grandmother. She was really like prestigious in her, in her own way. I don't want to say famous. She was much more than much more than famous. My grandmother is infamous. You know what I'm saying? And we get to talking, talking, talking. My grandmother is infamous. So her best friends were nuns and priests. So I always was around them. And growing up as a little girl, I had this dream. Like when they asked you what you wanted to be to grow up, what you wanted to be when you grew up, I would say... I want to be a, I want to be the Virgin Mary, <laughs> like Mother Teresa, you know what I'm saying? I had, I was, I was raised Catholic, so 
had to go through all the steps of becoming Catholic. So we had communion and at my communion ceremony, I got to put like the crown on a statue of the Virgin Mary head, which sounds so, 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 so upside down right now. But in that moment, like I'm talking about in the foundation of not just religion, but the church that I grew up, I won't say they tried to indoctrinate you. But it it was just what it was to be in any type of Catholic parish or member. Like just the religion of Catholicism is one is one in itself. But being from a black Catholic church, banging ass choir, top tier choir, music program, I'm talking about. I was really one of them like sister act type. I went to one of them type schools. You know what I'm saying? When they went to the fucking competition, you feel me? And them top schools was there in that big ass crowd and she was singing this shit. Remember the black lady? It's like, damn, they're good. Like, that was my school. That was my choir, my church back in the day. So anyway, and I was in a choir back in the day. But anyway, my grandmother, what was I saying? Like my, oh yeah. My grandmother's best friends were the nurses and the priests and all that. So I gained a heavy foundation from that. I wanted to be the mother Teresa, you know, when I grew up. And I just thought that was just how you supposed to be. I wanted to be a nun. You know, I was I was tapped in. Like, my grandmother wasn't like, don't get it fucked up. Like, my grandmother, she wasn't no hostility. She wanted nothing like that. She was down and her kids can sh- was proof of it. My, my, my mother... My mother and her, her, my aunts and uncles, there. My grandmother lived a life, but this ain't about my grandmother. This about me right now. I love your whole life, but I got to get it out or I will never get this out, guys. So, my grandmother, the church, the school, the teachers, all of them loved me as that. I was the little kid in school that got, I got a, a, a lot of attention and too much attention because I couldn't be you know, in certain pockets of socialism, <laughs> of the social club, because club, I was hot, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knew it, you know, so I had, I never got picked on in school or nothing like that, but I did grow up with some insecurities, you know, but everybody loved me at the school, and when it, when I fucked up, everybody knew I fucked up. If I got bad grades, everybody knew. If I got in trouble, everybody knew. When somebody disciplined me, one of the teachers disciplined me. I'm talking about real discipline. I ain't gonna get into the to the uh, details of it all, but I'm gonna let you know it ain't abuse. It's a part of what made me who I am today, and I appreciate it more than I ever did when I was a kid. I didn't understand that shit. Like, you're not my family, how is you able? But my grandmother, you family. And then I had to go to my grandmother, and then she took care of me. Then she told my mother, and my mother took care of me. You know what I'm saying? So I got it down. When I, so when I fucked up, I fucked up. But life was grand. You know what I'm saying? Life was all good. Eighth grade year, and I'm a fast forward, but eighth grade year came. Now it's time to go to the one of the top black high schools in D.C., Archbishop Carroll High School. I went to Archbishop Carroll High School, and that was that was what you dreamed of. Eighth grade, we used to, me and my friends in school, we used to talk about how we going to go to Carroll and we going to fall up the steps or being just that dorky, nerdy-ass freshman in a new environment, but we was in Carroll, and it was... 
it was love. I had a blast at Curl. I met some good people at Curl. But that shit came to a screeching halt. One day I came home. And my dad, let me tell you a little bit about my dad. Let me pause for the calls. I hope you're still listening. Um, get your flights. Because now it's, it's about to get a little deep. My dad, Mr. Fred, Big Fred, however, Pops, Daddy to me, for real. Stern, nigga. I'm talking about stern. You talking about a poker face. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, me and him, he was like my best friend and like what I thought was my, what I thought was my worst enemy all in the same fucking person. With me and him, it always felt as if I could never get my point across. And I know kids always wanted to have their opinions felt by their parents. But I'm talking about on real, like, logical shit and reasonings behind it. I may make little kitty mistakes, but it will be a logical reason. But in his eyes, he don't see a logical reason because he's Marine indoctrinated. He's a Marine veteran. Um, country boys don't take no shit. He just real business. He treat every he treated me like a business, and I ain't talking about financial gain. I'm talking about just black and white, non emotional. You know, he's the one you want to call if you need to fire someone and you can't. You know, he's the let go guy. <laughs> but anyway. We were getting constant just challenges. We were, I will always, we will always be bickering. But when he fuck with you, he fuck with you. You know, it'd be them days we in a good mood. But I learned that my dad had a lot going on. My dad could possibly have lived a double life at the time. So he was like the friend that I knew, which is my dad, who worked for the uh, D.C. federal government. Departments of Veterans Affairs wore a suit every day, caught the bus back and forth to work, you know what I'm saying, with three cars outside, like that type of time. And I'm talking about before Metro was a, a thing. He was just ahead of the curb, like, I'm not paying for parking, but this how long they be been hitting your heads on parking downtown. So, uh, and he had another side to him. And that side, I'll elaborate more if I ever do write a book. But just know he was just a hard, he was, he's my tough, he's been my toughest challenge to just get through. And it's going to all make sense. But we used to go at it, man. It was, but I admired him so much. Like if I could have him, if I would have had a man, he would have had to been, he would at least had to been 30% of my father. If he was 30% of my father, that will make him a total man. That's how much of a man's man my father is. Handles business. Don't let his woman, his women in his life, meaning his daughters and wife, his women, his mother, his any women in his life, he don't let them touch a thing when it comes to finances. You have to really pry or just do, but ain't no, he's the provider. A man's man. My dad is 70, 71 years old. So, I loved him. 
I admired him. I hung on every word he ever said to me. I hung on it. I believed everything he ever told me. I believed it. Even if it went against what my only child as believed herself. I will battle I will be battling between what I feel and not just feel now that I look now that I'm here now in this age in this stage in this in you know I was battling with myself knowing that I really knew what I needed to do for myself as a child but this man was presence was so overbearing it was like nothing I could I could do nothing if it had nothing to do with him you know like a motherfucker like I learned now like when, when people be like people you I used to think nobody ever told me I couldn't do anything but I used to think that somebody had to verbally like just speak those words. I was so literal in that thought. So I'm like running around the world. I'm running around the world in life like, man, nobody ever told me not to, you know, I couldn't do nothing. But when you start learning people's ways and the ways of communication, the different ways, spiritual ways and all that, your instincts, when you really start typing into yourself, you'll it'll be revealed to you the truth no matter what. And you really have to make a conscious effort to go against the truth. Because you really, really know it's the truth. And not just like a truth of a statement. I'm talking about just life. The truth of life. the You know, life's truth. That will reveal itself. But anyway. He used to, he used to kill me with that. He would like, he would, he would call out. He would, he would just be so petty with shit. Like, his routine to come home from work, he never came in the door and was like, hey, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm I'm just saying, like, he, he was a very charismatic man, but that charismatic man was also a, like, I know now today was, like, manipulating. Because I told you he has a poker face. And before you, we go too far into this, I'm not bashing him, but I have to tell the truth. And I want to tell the truth. And I feel like it's time. I don't know what led me to do this right now, but I'm doing it, so fuck it. He would come in the house, not, not say nothing. He would just be so stern. And if he saw, like, I could be sitting there with just one cup. And this one cup, I just probably finished swallowing. Or just, you know, watch two videos in between the last sip. And this motherfucker will come in the house and flip. My house ain't no motherfucking pigsty. Who, who, what the, what the fuck you think you living at? What you, what you want? What you, what you, what you think you living in the hood and all this? I'm like, hold the fuck up. But I'm young. Still an adolescence. This is adolescence. You know? It wasn't no hug you and, you know, console you and, you know. Let me just, you know, fuck it. I'm here. Let me get to the nitty motherfucking ready. Fuck it. I'm dragging along. I know what I'm here for. So fuck it. I don't know the year. 
But I just know it was like. Tell y'all all this shit started. Let me tell you how my journey started. I'll just go from there. Let me turn tell you how I became to be me right now. How the journey started. What did it. So what did it was. Beginning of my junior year in high school. That summer, like of my sophomore year, got a little extra stiffy in the motherfucking house. And it's just me, my mom, and my dad. But the, the, the tension between them, you can kind of feel it. It was, it was different because they always used to be separate. My mom had her own separate space in the house area she would go to, and he would be down in his own TV room watching TV. They never, like, you know, like I tell you, my parents is older. So at this point, they probably in they like, Late 50s or something like that. Yeah, 50s, early, you know, something around that time. And 40s, yeah, late late 40s. My dad might have been a little older, like his early 50s, something like that, yeah. So, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? My dad, he, he just extra on 10. She extra on zero, not giving a fuck about nothing just in her own whim because me and her always had our little problem because I was kind of like a daddy's girl and what he said is she was a kept woman so and no disrespect to my mom but I'm talking about she revealed to me not too long ago that he called the shots because he paid the bills so hey I touche I can't be mad at it as a woman now but uh, it affected me that decision affected me the most Kind of seemed like all of their decisions and these these three particular decisions affected me the most. And one of them is what she just told me about why she was a kept woman. The second one is this. The tension was because my dad had one day revealed to me that my mom had been cheating on him. And this was like the first time I've ever seen my father I, I, the one, like, no, this is the first time I ever seen my father in an emotional state about something like a woman. I've seen him one, one time I remember I was young when he, somebody had passed and he was sad. And I remember sitting in this lab asking him what's wrong, but I've never seen him like this. And I was, I was in high school, like I said, and I'm probably like seven, 16. My birthday late, um, yeah, so I'm probably just turned 16 or something like that. And he revealing this information, who she cheated on him with, which was the guy who wrote Devon, uh, wrote Diamond in the Back, some rooftop, digging the scene with the gangster lean. I couldn't stand that song for a long fucking time. I felt like that man came and ruined my motherfucking house. But I started the smart, the smart little girl that I was because I always spent a lot of time by myself. Thinking, just thinking, just thinking about, you know, just observe, just thinking. And I would put two and two together. My mom was, used to act real funny with the car she gave me because I started rolling up on her and started saying some things I ain't really pay attention to. But I was just, she knew that I paid attention, but I wasn't too fond of I just ain't know. And then all of a sudden, she take my car, and I'm like, oh, she a hater. I'm thinking she just a hater. She just don't like me and never did like me the whole time. She was doing her thing, you know what I'm saying? Not to put her business out there. My mom was doing her thing. 
and 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 like I said, my father has two sons, and my my sons are my brothers are older than me, and they're not my mom's. You know what I'm saying? So that should tell you in a nutshell. Mr. Smith ain't all really rocked up. He was fine, fine black ass to be in the in the sixties and seventies, a thriving twenty, thirty, forty year old in the in the chocolate city. It was, you know, y'all know he was a catch working downtown federal, suing time. Yeah, my father was that type of dude. So he told me that, and he made me just look at her an extra type of way, just that manipulation that he would do, planting little seeds in my head about things that I had no business even knowing. You know what I'm saying? I had no business knowing that information. So put a strain on my mother and relationship, me and my mother's relationship even more. So she was getting hectic in the house. Constant bickering, arguing out, shit getting louder. It's getting a little different in the house. And I'm affected by this so much that I started going to school, you know, not the same. Feeling a little down, crying sometimes because the night before I'd been crazy. And it may, and it may not have been, like, crazy, like, my dad slapping my mom around and all that. But verbal abuse is verbal abuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That cold, that coldness, that energy, that that's real shit, too. That's abuse as well. I had to learn that through experience and really coming to it, like, not to disregard, to stop from disregarding how I felt and making sure I wasn't crazy or, you know, other people. Like, that's another form. You don't have to be slapped in the face to feel abused. That's not the only form of abuse. But back then, we ain't know that shit, just like we ain't know about other symptoms that call, that causes it. I mean, not that causes it, but the... The effects of those things. Depression, anxiety. We ain't no shit about that as kids. We just, you know, kept it moving and prayed all day. <clears throat> but anyway. I went to school. So I started telling people about it. I was really prepping myself. So I had kind of got a little counseling from the security guards, my friends from high school. Not to say, like, I was a lame. I wasn't, like, a lame. But I, I made friends with... I have different pockets of friends so i never had like a click i never been a clicked up girl where you gonna always see me around the same people all the time you know what i'm saying and 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 if you do see me with other people it's like i've known them all my life so anybody around i always feel like we just i just mesh in you know what i'm saying i just blend in not being to get with i'm just you know i i, I like people i'm like a a social lonesome motherfucker lonely you know yeah I don't know the word for it. I know y'all got a word for it now nowadays. But anyway, I prepped. I got confident about that shit. Like, I, I mean, I get it. Sometimes this shit don't work out and you got to go. They're going to get a divorce. You know, they probably going to do all that and all that. So that summer went away. Hot junior year went away. It's my motherfucking senior year of high school coming up. I'm talking my grades is in order. I come from Catholic school. Oh, yeah, I went to Carroll, but I didn't tell y'all. I got pulled out of Carroll the middle of the ninth grade year to go to coolest senior high school. I'd never been to a public school a day in my life or around what I would used to call the heathens. I admit. I was a stuck-up Catholic school girl, you know what I'm saying, in fucking public school. And then, what? I don't, I, I didn't go, 
I was I didn't live around the neighborhood that these kids went to, so they had a special type of bond anyway, because they've been in fucking school with each other since they were in elementary school, junior high school. You know what I'm saying? And I I didn't I didn't have a, like a junior high school, so I didn't have like no graduation in the sixth grade. My graduation was pre K to kindergarten and then eighth grade and then high school, so forth. How I go anyway. I'm popping. I was in lane when I first walked in Coolidge. I didn't know nobody. My my clothes gang was Bush. I was I was still I I still was on dudes. You know what I'm saying? I always kept me a little cute little boyfriend. Not kept me a little, but I, I always had I had an older boyfriend. Two, three boyfriends before like my sophomore year of high school. You know how that go back then. They all switch up things like that. But I was still you know I was tomboyish. I wore my little clothes, you know what I'm saying? I ain't never wear, like, the girly girl shit, but I would wear a little shit that, you know, tomboy shit. That niggas found cute, and I played basketball, so I was, you know, just a cute little chubby girl, you know, and all that. Whew, man, that was (laughs) short-lived. I got in Coolidge and started seeing about, started seeing the things I had started envisioning about. But I ain't gonna get into all that. But Coolidge turned me out. <laughs> Coolidge fucking turned me out and, you know, it, it 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 revealed itself to me. You know, which was, you can't do nothing but be yourself in here. And if you ain't trying to be yourself, trust me, it's going to be some things you're going to see that resemble what you be, what you, who you are. And you're going to feel comfortable being exactly who you are in public school. That was the best thing about public school. So I had bounced back from all that, sitting at the, you know, the lame table or what they would call that back in the day, the nerd table or the freshman table. And I had bounced back, man, started having parties. My brothers went to public school, so I was in the mix of that. So I had got my swag. And it was on. I was I was ready for senior year. I was going, I knew I was going to graduate. I knew I, I was so good. I knew I never had to go to no HBCU. I was in the uh, uh, the magazines for outstanding students, who's who amongst American high school leaders. I was in the magazine for that. Like my academics was on point, and and the way my dad was talking, we ain't need no motherfucking scholarship. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like DC cap, all that, but that's that's a different. That's for the book to tell you who that man. I got my man. I might just have to write a book about all of this, but just to sum it up for this episode. I know I've held y'all up for a while. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. But yeah. 12th grade year come. It's the summer before, two weeks before my senior year of high school. My dad, he outside cutting along. He outside cutting along. And I'm walking down the street off Georgia Avenue, coming down the street. I see him. He stopped the he stopped the lawnmower and was like, What's up, shorty? Now, my dad was always a big, busy nigga. He, it wasn't no really just, he kicked it around the house. He always on, he was always on go. And if you caught him on go, if you asked, cause you, if, if I asked, could I go, it was always a no. So anytime this man offered for me to join him anywhere, I was on it. I love this nigga, dog. I love my dad. 
You know what I'm saying? He was just the epitome of a, a black man, but he also had his ways, I understand. But on the other side, I was just like, this is my dad. He trained me and groomed me to be who he wanted me to be. And our biggest challenges were because I wanted to be me. And I just couldn't fucking ever articulate who the fuck that was. You know what I'm saying? So it always just felt like a, a, a difference. Like I'm trying to go against the grain or, you know, so, but anyway, he like, what's up? What you, what you, what you got going on I'm, uh, tomorrow? You want to hang out with me tomorrow? Go down, you know? I'm like, yeah. Next day come, we head out here early morning, nigga. We roll out. We get to driving down 301, then I already peep. Man, we going down the country. I'm like, I ain't trying to go down the motherfucking country, man. I thought we was about to go do something for real. But it was like, all right, all right, all right, let's see. But then he stopped at the motherfucking food line. So I'm like, all right, maybe he just, you know, he usually a frugal nigga. So maybe he's just trying to get something and not stop at getting no real food. You know, you you always want to eat, eat out and eat that good shit when you out with pops and shit. But, you know, it's I already know his frugal ass, he ain't going, nah, he ain't going. But he started picking out little food, but it just seemed like a, a little more than just something to, you know, hold us over for the day. So I'm like, what the fuck? I'm thinking like, man, he done got me down here. It's two weeks before us. Senior high school, it's a party this weekend I was trying to go to. He trying to keep me down here. I ain't got no, I ain't tell nobody where I was going. You know, I'm in the midst of my yeah. At this point, I'm, I'm 17, so I'm ready. To, I'm outside, outside before it was outside. Like, you all, you had no choice to be outside when you was young, but when you get a certain age, you really was outside. So, I'm like, fuck, man. So, we get to going, then we going to the beach. And I'm like, we going to the beach, okay. He get out the car, you know, he he gonna make a corny joke or something like that, but it's it didn't. It seemed now that I look at it, it seemed it seemed like a a nervous joke, but I ain't, I don't fucking know. I was just like, I was just blown that I was I got, I got manipulated into coming down this motherfucker. But anyway, I'm here now. He put the blanket on the on the beach, set up the picnic. I'm like, okay, it's a picnic. So we sitting down. He just started eating a little bit, and he looking out. So, but it's not like a quick interaction or engagement. Or I'm like, well, why are we here? But then, um, he was like, if I had some confidential information to tell you, how would you want to be told? Who? And I'm telling. I'm when I say this, I'm gonna repeat this again because this is verbatim. This is verbatim. So everything I say to this point is how I remember it and how I feel it right now verbatim, okay? Verbatim. He says, if I had some confidential information to tell you, who would you want to who would you want to tell you? You know what I'm saying? Me and your mom just me or just your mom? Let me repeat that. My dad asked me. If I had some confidential information to tell you, how would you want to be told? Who would you want to tell you? Me and your mom 
Just me or just your mom? Come on now, this fucking Tyrone you talking to. Don't play games. We here. What's up? So I say, I mean, you. He was like, okay. So I remember like it was like this wind. <laughs> it's funny as shit. It's so crazy. It was like this wind that kind of whisked across my face a little bit. And I'm looking out at the water. You can see the Potomac Bridge cross there. We had Colonial Beach. So I'm just looking out in the water. I'm not looking at him eye to eye as he's speaking, but I, I, I'm there. He knows that I'm listening. He says, all right, well, a long time ago, your mom couldn't have kids. And I say it like that because that's how I heard it. As I'm looking out under the water. So I locked out like this little boat that was going far in the distance. And it's like I can I couldn't no nobody else was there at that moment. Nothing. The beach was like clear, clear. And myself, I heard myself say. She about to tell you you adopted. In my head. But then I came to like, you know. No, and I don't remember nothing else you really said except like your mom had could have kids. So I don't remember whether hearing he even said you're adopted. You know? But I do remember saying, like, me and your mom is not your real mom and dad. And I remember, I remember looking out on the beach and just be like, damn. You know, because, excuse me, excuse me, y'all. I'm, I'm like, damn, I thought you was about to tell me they about to get a divorce. I had, like, prepped for this. I Like, I really had it. In my mind, like, I was ahead of it, this shit. And I had no idea. I had no inkling at that moment. I had no inkling at that moment that I was ever adopted. Like, I had played because, like I said, I grew up rough a, a little bit. My dad, it was, he was just a little rough and hard on me. And, you know, I always, you know... Wished I had another dad or, you know, a, a mom. Because they were kind of, to me, they seemed a little mean. Especially, like, in my, between, like, eight and and, 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 and up. Those type times, you know what I'm saying? So, when I start really getting a mind of my own, but being trapped in, like, the, the um, under the umbrella of his principles. And I did have, like, a mom that really for me because she was on cold you know i ain't mad at her but when he told me that it's like my soul just had left and i played it cool because that's what i do i'm like okay because it it hit me but it didn't and i was like okay all right okay and 
I don't remember too much after that at the beach, but I remember we left. I had used a cell phone to call this girl I was talking to at the time, one of my first joints, because Coolidge didn't turn me out. <laughs> well, helped me come out. And, um, you know, we laughed about it. She laughed and was like, ah, you adopted. I, I, are you serious? Like, this crazy. Like, that's like. And I'm like, yeah, this is fucking crazy, you know? So then we leave and we headed back to the city. And this is like, this is before like two o'clock. We're back in the city after he just dropped this bomb on me. So it didn't never dawn on me about that question he asked. Who would I want to tell him? It, it didn't dawn on me until years and years later of why he would ask me that. So I get home. I get into the city. If you're from D.C., from the south side, or just D.C., period, Crystal say skating ring, you know, once you cross that line with them all at, you back in the district. So we back in the district. I see the sign. Welcome to, it used to be like a welcome to D.C. sign in that area, I believe, back in the day. So we see that, and I'm a fucking, my stomach was like doing 40 jumping jacks. Like, it was in knots. The closer I got home, the tighter my fucking stomach and out. Because I was trying so hard. I was trying so hard not to cry. I was trying. I tried, I, I held my cry. Like, I held. I held my feelings about it. The whole ride. And when I saw that I was on my way home, I that shit was crushing me inside. It's a pain. I've never felt that again to this day but i fucking you know we make it home so i go in the house and i see my mom car but i don't see her but when we go in my brother's there my 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 one of not my youngest brother but one of the younger brothers and he in the basement but that never really goes down like that because my dad don't allow nobody in this house not even his sons at that time he didn't give a fuck who the fuck you were if you were the fucking his mama he probably still make me put the phone out the door you know what i'm saying like that type of time so it was weird then because when i went home I, I got in the house i went straight to my safe haven that's the basement at that time so I'm in the basement. I come downstairs. He on the computer. I bucked a strong ass 360 and ran upstairs. And I, as I'm going upstairs, I see him looking at me like, what the fuck wrong with this bitch? Is that, that was my brother. And I go upstairs. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm about to go up in my room. As I'm going up in my room, my mom's coming through the door. She must have stopped at the store, walked up to the store, then came back home because she was just getting off work. My mom was just getting off work when I found out I was adopted. So listen, she fucking um, looks at me and I broke all that shit. Just came, came. <clears throat> all, all of those emotions just came out at once and... She was kind of looking at me because it was kind of normal with me and my dad because we went through a lot of things. So me crying and he, she, you know, knowing that I might have been with him today, 
I don't know what she thought at the time, but she just was like, that's just them, you know, whatever, you know. So I go upstairs and I'm in my room and I get in my room, close the door, I'm in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck? 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 I'm, uh, I'm telling you, I remember this shit like it was yesterday. I'm like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Like all those toes are like, what, what, what the fuck? So I hear my dad. It's funny because I heard him through my door. That's how that man voice, man. And um, he's like, Tyrone, come downstairs out back. I'm like, all right, you know. I'm like, okay, you know me. So I'm trying to get myself together, but I'm like, but I'm like, all right, let me go downstairs. I go downstairs and I come out back and my mom's just crying. She crying, crying. I never see my mom cry like that. So it didn't register me at the time that she didn't even know that he told me. It never registered to three years ago. <laughs> three years ago, I found out that she didn't even know he was telling me. And he's sitting there. I mean, he's standing there, not sitting there, not that man. He's standing there, all chest all loud, like he just, like he just did something, like he did this something special. So I'm sitting on the deck, and he's just talking. He was like. Your mother and I, we love you. And uh, we just want to let you know that, you know, although we're not your real parents, you should look at us like role models. And when I told you that my soul left on that beach, nah. When he said that, that's that's what it it it, it left me. Hey y'all, I got this for you tonight. We gonna breathe it out. I might do a part two, but it's I don't wanna. You know, it's a lot. But the the little synopsis, you know, of me, I'm gonna do a part two. I just want to bless this episode, and I hope whoever hears it, reach out, tell me what you, you know, just, I don't even know, because I, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to release it, I promise, because it's time, but I'm going to do a part two, because I want to be clear, because I've healed a lot, and I want to tell more, but I'm going to do a part two, hey, if nobody told you today, I love your whole life. If nobody told you today, man, even though life can turn and turn at a blink of a high, your whole life can turn upside down. I trust me, trust me, trust me. You can make it. You will make it. You will make it. And it will create a whole new evolved person that you thought you never knew. Even if you had to get go through some bullshit to get there. I'm trying to tell you the end result is so miraculous and so magical. The divas are having a gangster party and they're giving out free tickets. They dress to impress, disguise their success. Please, please, please don't get caught slipping. Tonight, a very special episode. Excuse my nose. I got 30 seconds, y'all. This is a very special episode and I want you to hold this episode dear to your heart. 
because this is not what I do, but this is what people always tell me tell my story. So we about to tell this story, and the story is about to continue to be told, and it will be fruitful and multiply, and I put that on everything. I'm putting this on everything. This is the Dope Made With Love show. I am the neighborhood love dealer, and I'm out this bitch.